Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. You know, I know that uh, uh, Desiree and Ray are sitting there and told us about that uh, had uh, a few months ago that there was a car wreck in the grandmother's living room. The car wreck is a normal kind of problem. Our PD deals with them all the time. But in, it should not happen in your living room. You should not be watching TV and a car blast into your living room. That is a, that is a complete, that just kind of throws you completely off. And sometimes there are sillier things, sillier things that are normal kinds of problems in unexpected places and this past uh, summer we got to go on our family vacation it was a great time we had a went on a, a cruise and went to the Caribbean and we were at our port in Cozumel and we were standing around waiting we we got to our place for our excursion standing around waiting had all the the Clark crew all nine of us there and we're just standing there killing time waiting for to be moved along to the next part of this adventure and all of a sudden Carson my 13 year old he's just standing there and he starts just yelling and acting spastic which you're like okay that's a 13 year old boy that's kind of normal so we didn't kind of initially give it a whole lot of concern immediately and he's all of a sudden starts yelling and just starts kicking his leg real hard and we're like what is going on and he's like it bit me it bit me it bit me and so I'm like, what is going on? We're thinking a spider. We're thinking some crazy Mexican Cozumel weird thing has attacked him. We don't know what's going on here. And I look down at his foot. And there, as, a, as I look down, this bee flies away from his foot. We see this bee fly away. And he's, we're sitting there looking there. And in between his toes is the stinger. It makes sense to get stung on your hand. It makes sense to get stung on your leg. But what is a bee doing in between his toes? Folks, this is a 13-year-old boy. His feet smells nothing like a flower. I guarantee you. And there he is. Stung in between his toes. It was just like, son, how do you get stung in between your toes? by a bee but it did he got stung we're used to having problems be problems but sometimes good things in our lives can become a problem and honestly I think for a lot of us sitting here that when we look at our forward trajectory with God for a lot of us some of you it's taken everything you can you can muster to be here. Life is at a tipping point. You are frustrated, pulling your hair out. But most of us, we're kind of juggling the normal problems. We feel like we've got everything okay. And it's the lulls. It's the, the good moments, the steady moments, even some of the winds that are actually keeping us stalled and not pressing in to the things of God. Let's go ahead and look at Romans 12 too. It says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, 
then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know, sometimes we recognize that we need a fresh perspective on some of the ugly stuff in our lives. But we also need a fresh perspective for the good stuff in our life. Because that can get in the way of us connecting with God the way that we need to. Let's go ahead and read one of, the, one of the most famous passages out of the Old Testament. In fact, as we were doing a little shopping in Sam's, I saw a lady with this scripture verse, the full part, all of it, on the back of her t-shirt. This is one of our go-to verses, Jeremiah 29, 11. Some of you can just quote it off the top of your head. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope, and a future. See, this in Christ, this is a yes for all of us. That's why as New Testament believers, we read this and it resonates. Why? Because we recognize that for every one of us, God has a hope and a future. But what we need to recognize is when we look back at, at, at what Jeremiah has written a letter, he's written a prophetic letter to the people in Babylonian cap- captivity. If just to refresh you on your Bible history, you have the people of Israel who've been in and out of the promised land. Okay? They've, 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 got, they've got a place that God has set up apart for them. And they've been in and out. And they tend to, to turn away and begin to worship other gods and begin to turn their back on the God who loves them and is reaching out to them and reaching out to all of humanity through them. And they kind of kick, kick God, our God, to the curb. And that opens up all sorts of mess. And this other kingdom comes in, picks them up and carries the people away. They carry them away into exile in Babylon. And they're there, but they they immediately, they turn back to God. Why? Because in our dark times, if we have a relationship with God, we turn back to God. We turn back. It was the good times that got the, the Israelites in trouble. It was the times of peace when everything was okay and we didn't have to press into God. God doesn't, doesn't want us to live from crisis to crisis to lean into Him. God hasn't called us to go from one breaking point to another breaking point to just barely drag along with Him. So in the middle of their mess, in the middle of their darkness, which they are desperately wanting out of, in fact, the scriptures before this says, um, he tells them to ignore the prophets and ignore the other people who are prophesying lies. You know what these lies were? These lies were good lies. We're going to get out of here. God's going to deliver us immediately. We're, this is about to turn around. And he says, don't listen to their dreams that you encourage them to have. Listen to me. Because you're going to be here for 70 years. And then at the end of that, I'm going to take you out because I know the plans that I have for you. Plans that are good for your good and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and give you a future. See, all of us in that place of desperation desperately want to hear this concept that God has great things ahead for you. And you know what the truth is? God has great things ahead for you. 
God has great things ahead ahead for you. Not because you're going through a dark time and you want to see a change, but because God's good and he's got great things ahead for you. We have to be willing to be able and understand that it's not just about, we're not leaning into God just to get out of the dark times and get out of the tough stuff, but because it's a relationship and we love him. You know what? It doesn't hurt his feelings. If you turn to him only when those times are rough, you know what? He's going to take that conversation every time. But you know what maturity brings? Maturity brings a different viewpoint than just turning to God in the difficult moments. In fact, let's look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Paul is writing. Paul, the awesome apostle, writes the bulk of the New Testament is writing here in Philippians 3, 12. He says, not that I have already obtained all this or already arrived at my goal. Hold up, Paul. I'm a minister. I'm addressing some people. He's writing to the church at Philippi at an entire city. And he's, he's, he's pastoring them. He's helping them. He's helping discipleship them and, and move them forward along. You know what? I would love it if somehow something that I said ended up having impact on the whole Christian community. That would just be amazing. Paul's doing that as he's writing. We are reading Philippians, this letter. All of these thousands of years later, he's being inspired by the Holy Spirit. But I would think maybe he's attained it. He's not attained it and he recognizes that I've not already attained arrived at my goal but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me if you could recognize that in all your grasping God grasped you first (laughs) and all we're doing all we're doing is taking a hold of that which he's already taken hold of us he's hugged us and we're hugging him back he's reached out to us and we're reaching back That's what Paul is saying. He hadn't arrived in this. He's still taking, oh, there's so much more ahead that Christ has already taken hold of him that it is just, it's mind-blowing. He says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He's forgetting what's behind. He's forgetting what's behind and moving forward for all of the good that God has in store for him. He says, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, maybe you see this differently. He's kind of being cool about that. That too God will make clear to you. You don't see it, right? I'm confident you lean into God. He's going to make it clear. It's okay. You can be wrong right now. God will fix it later. He's being cool about it. And I want us to look at this forgetting what's behind right quick. Because every time we tell one another, let's put the past in the past, aren't we almost always talking about some blunder, some mistake, some place of difficulty? Let's just put the past in the past and move on. Let's just put the past in the past. Let's just forget about what's behind. It's almost always the, the, the junk, and we do have to move forward to the junk. But Paul is not talking about the junk. In this passage, he's not talking about the, the junk, 
about the mess-ups and all that stuff. In fact, you don't believe me. Let's go backwards and let's see where Paul started in Philippians 3, 7. He says, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for Christ. Whatever was of gain to me, I now consider loss. Everything that helped move me forward, I consider, if I try to camp there, it's going to make me lose something that Jesus has for me. Every point of gain, and you start in verse 1 and you move forward, and they all sound like they're awesome stuff. But he lets go of all of it to be able to move forward with God. Because the truth is, is we can get stuck at a win in life, and it can hold us up from fully following God. I want to look at an incredible experience. Incredible experience that just almost went sideways for Peter. Let's look at Matthew 17, verses 1 through 8. It says, After six days Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. Remember, there was 12 disciples. Jesus pulls aside Peter, James, and John. This happens kind of on a frequent basis. There was an inner circle within the circle. And so we have Peter, James, and John, and he takes them up on the mountain by themselves. And there he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. You read John's vision of the Isle of Patmos and revelations about what Jesus looked like, and there's a whole lot of similarities. This is Jesus transfigured into his heavenly body, his glorified body. And they're seeing him, and they're recognizing him there. It says, and just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah, These are two rock stars of their Old Testament. This is the guy that gave them, this is the guy that gave them and brought them the law, led the people out of Egypt, parted the Red Sea, got them to the edge of the promised land. This is the rock star. Then Elijah, the guy who goes toe-to-toe with all of these false prophets, sees fire come out of heaven, come down burn up the sacrifice, do this incredible stuff. This, these are rock stars, and they're seeing Jesus talk to Moses and Elijah, and Peter has this major fanboy moment. And Peter said to Jesus, he reminded me of Brooklyn at her first skillet concert. And she just stood there right by the stage and cried. You're not with skillet. Skillet is not crying music. It's headbanging, jump around music. She just Peter's having this moment. And he said, he said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. He recognized it was good. This was amazing. It was good for us to be here. And he should have just soaked it up right there. But he didn't want to. It was so good he wanted to not soak it up. He wanted to seal it up. And he goes on. He says, if you wish and praise God for Peter. He wants to know if Jesus is on board with this brilliant idea he has. If you wish, I will put up three shelters. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, Peter gets interrupted by heaven itself multiple times in the scriptures. This is one of those. And while he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him 
I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Peter had this incredible experience and he just wanted to do something for Jesus. And Papa God said, I want you to listen to Jesus. Listen. Be in relationship. Don't shift into work do mode. Don't go build something. Go to stay connected. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Said, get up. He said, don't be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. What an amazing experience. In fact, he tells them, do not talk to anybody about what you just saw until after I have risen. Until after I've risen. Jesus, the whole dying and going to the grave and rising again was not a blindside thing. Jesus talked openly about this. They just couldn't get it through their heads. And here's an amazing thing. Let's look at Luke 9. Look at what Peter should have been listening to. What he should have been listening to. Luke carries in a little snippet and gives us the conversation matter as Jesus is talking to Moses and Elijah. And he says, and he, Jesus, was praying. And the appearance of his faith, face changed. And his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. It's exactly what we just saw in Matthew. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. They're sitting there discussing the plan to redeem humanity. Moses and Elijah are in there talking to Jesus and discussing that Jesus is going to go to the cross, that Jesus is going gonna, is gonna to go to the grave. He's going to be resurrected and he's going to ascend to the Father of his, the fullness of his departure. He, Peter should have been listening to that discussion. He should have been in on that inner works. He was invited to be a part of that. And Peter got so wrapped up. And just wanted to live in that moment of what his eyes saw. That he shut his ears down and missed why Jesus invited him there. To begin with. See seeing life not through how good things are. But how good God is. Will keep us moving forward. When we try to wrap up and we want to cling to good moments, we will miss the God moments. When we try to hang on to these wonderful gifts of God, these places where he invites us to, Peter was in the right place. Jesus invited him there. He was seeing the right things. He just responded to it in the wrong way. He wanted to camp out and he wanted to start there. And there's so many places that good things can get in the way. We have some win in life and all of a sudden it becomes, instead of a, a place that's a stepping stone for us, it becomes, we don't step up on it, we lean against it and it becomes a block for us. If you've seen Napoleon Dynamite, you remember Uncle Rico. Yeah. Uncle Rico lived in high school. He was way, he was way out of high school, but that was, he was a stereotypical peaked in high school moment. And we can have a tendency, brought the mojo colors here today. I'm a Permian grad. I know, boo, boo, boo. I know, get over it. I graduated from Permian. My senior year was the last time Permian won state. We one of those things you could just try to live in that 
moment. Don't quite fit. Try to stay in that place and just look kind of sad, huh? It's kind of sad. You have some great moment in life and you just feel like, I just want to camp there. I want to talk about that. I want to stay there. Remember how good it used to be? Remember how amazing that moment was? We can do that with God. We're about to have our men's retreat. It's our first men's retreat. T-shirt. You have an incredible experience with God. You have a, you have a camp moment. You have a men's weekend moment where God changes and all you want to do is just, man, God, if I could just get back into that moment. If I could just be as close to you as I was in that moment. And you know what? He's not calling us backwards. He's calling us forwards. Every experience you've had with God is to help move you forward into the next place. Some of us in our relationships, we can get stuck. We're starry-eyed and all things wonderful and, and you have the moment where the question gets popped. You got the bling with the ring. And you have that place and you're like, man, I just, I just wish that our marriage was like it was way back when. I just wish that, man, I just remember those good old days when when he was nice and polite, and you know, when he picked his socks up, that was so good. We won't talk about her. She's always awesome. It's just the guy. But if we're always looking back, you're looking back in your relationship, you're looking back with, with a person, you're looking back in your relationship with God, you will not be able to move forward. You can't stay stuck in those places. Sometimes we have personal achievements. Sometimes we have things we want to do. A few years ago, I'm not an athlete. I know Kelly Dunn's going to chew me out because he always gets on to me for the, saying that, but I'm not athletic. But I did something that is athletic once. This this right here. I finished a marathon. Do not ask me how long it took. We don't talk about that. But I finished and I got this little fake gold thing that I can keep in my drawer and pull out for a sermon illustration. And, uh, you know, and thankfully that when I think about, I was probably in some of the best shape of my life to be able to complete that. But as I am now going to the gym and doing things, it's about a different kind of thing. If I'd have still been stuck here trying to go back, trying to outdo, trying to do all that kind of stuff, I wouldn't be able to enjoy what, what my 42-year-old self can now handle as opposed to what a younger Brandon could handle. We would get stuck in moments. A personal one for me. Because I actually said this multiple times. That uh, when Cutie and I got married, we wanted to have five kids. Five by the time we were 30. And so, we had the loving couple. And the first. And then the second and the third. 
and then the fourth and the fifth. And it was in a moment that looked a whole lot like this that I said to Cutie, I was like, oh, they're ten, they're eight, they're six, they're four, and they're two. They're so sweet. So, man, I could just freeze them right here. This is so wonderful. Our family's just part. And then the next year, oh, no, no, this is even better. This is even better. And I just love to just stay right here. Nobody's hit puberty. It's awesome. It's awesome. They smell decent. It's okay. And just stay right there. And then the next year, I said the same thing. I told Q, I was like, no, I was wrong. I was wrong. And I actually looked her in the face and told her, I would just love for it to just stay right here. And what I had no idea, no idea, that there are two awesome little blonde faces that y'all see every Sunday that I didn't factor into that picture. They were in God's heart and weren't in mine yet. They hadn't come along and been birthed in my heart. And they were in God's. And had I sit there and got my way, I would have so cheated me. I would have so cheated me. If I would have just pressed in and got my way. So many times we can look back and think that the best days are this right here. Let's just freeze this. Or man, they were those best moments. And maybe you're here and you're a mom and you look back and those best days are behind. And you're like, I miss when the kids were home. And the empty nest is crushing you. And you just sit there and it just overwhelms. I want to tell you, God has great things ahead for you. We don't have to look back in any, any area. With men, it can be that place of financial achievement. Hit the, hit the big day, the big payday. Had a big plan when I was first married and we were moving along and wanted to accomplish something and we sold our first house as most money I'd ever seen in my own hands and I literally kept that deposit slip in my wallet for years. I kept that deposit slip in my wallet for years. Just sit there and get to a place that all that money seemed to disappear. <laughs> go back and go, oh, that was such a good day. That was a good day. Well, my best days were still ahead. The best days were still ahead. Financial success, achievement, any moment, any win. If you try to just stop there, you will hold you up. And one of the ones I think can be the most difficult is this moment. Where we finally feel like we kind of get everybody to like us okay. And God calls us and begins to move us into something. And it's, it's going to ruffle some feathers. And it's going to bother us. We're like, God, everybody's happy. Everybody's okay. Don't mess with stuff. God, I just kind of like being liked at the moment. Everything is, everything's good. 
I can look at my overall life and, and give a big old like to it on my own Facebook page. And, and it's good, God. And don't jack it up. Don't mess with it. And we can just get stuck trying to desperately hang on to some place of good when if we'll open up our hands, God wants to put in great upon great upon great. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 3. Verse 17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image. What are being transformed to? Into the image that we were made in. Remember, we were originally made in God's image, and we dirtied it and sullied it and took it along, sin jacked it over, but now we're reborn in the image of our Creator, and we're ever becoming more and more transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. I want to read it in the ESV as well, verse 18. And we all, with unveiled faces, removing those filters, removing that stuff, the hurt, the winds, we pull all that stuff out of the way, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. This isn't moving from tragedy to tragedy. From heartbreak to heartbreak. From pain to pain or problem to problem. This is God carrying us forward. From victory to victory. From glory unto glory. For this comes from the Lord. Who is the Spirit. Our bottom line. What I want you to walk out of here with is this morning. Is the goodness of God. Carries us forward in Him. So many times we just feel like we find so little good and we find one little moment of good and we want to latch onto it and say, thanks God, I'm good here. Don't stop at the good. Don't stop at the good. Let Him keep moving you forward. It's not the last good thing He'll ever do in your life. He want, it's a proof that He's got more good for you. See, looking through the lens of Jesus allows us to see life clearly. In fact, the Word puts it this way, that if God would give us His Son, what good thing would He withhold from us? Nothing. When we look at the lens of Jesus, we know we don't have to grasp on to the good things. We can let them come and let them flow and stay completely connected to God. This morning, maybe, maybe the stalled part of life isn't a hurt. Maybe it's everything's okay. And you're kind of okay with that. And don't rock the boat. Let's leave things alone. I want to ask you to get out of the boat. Peter was fine in the boat. But Jesus said, come walk on the water with me. I'm telling you, the adventure is on the water. Everything God has for you is on the water. He's called us to get out on the water. And if we're clinging on to the good, we will cheat ourselves of the great things God wants to do in our lives. I want to create a moment here. Maybe, maybe you've been held up in your relationship with God. Maybe you've stalled out in your relationship with God. And you're here and you say, Brandon, I'm ready to just not let anything get in my way. I'm ready to just 
move forward with him. And if that's you, I want you to just raise your hand. I want you to just raise your hand. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been on the outside looking in and you recognize for the first time that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And you place your faith in him. You can connect with that this morning too. But I want us to pray together. I want all of us to pray. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your goodness and all the good you've brought to me. My eyes are open. I see your love. It's most expressed in Jesus. And I choose to follow you and not hold on to the good things and stall out there. I move forward with you, Lord. I trust you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.